Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Why is it that so many of us struggle with prayer? You know, God wants us to pray. He commands us to pray. Prayer is good for our soul. Why is it so hard sometimes? And we love God and we may want to pray. We may take time to pray. And yet it doesn't always go that well. Why is it that many times we don't feel close to God in prayer? You know, we show up for our prayer time, whether it's in a chapel or maybe we're praying at home and our mind wanders, we get distracted, we're racing from one thing to another in our head. And uh, sometimes we may be praying and we're just really restless, we're, we're agitated, we, we, we wish we were anywhere else but right now in prayer. We know prayer is good and it's important. We kind of feel badly that we, we feel this way, but, but we just want to get out of there and move on to something and get something done. And, and, and I don't want us to sit there with God in prayer. And why, why is prayer so hard sometimes? It could be really discouraging for us as Christians. We feel like we're not good at it. And we wonder, where is God? I, I don't feel close to him in prayer. And I don't feel like I've accomplished much in this prayer time. Should I even bother praying anymore? That's what I want to talk about in today's episode. I want to talk about struggles in prayer and why that happens in the spiritual life and how we can uh, overcome them or at least work with them and allow God to work with us in the midst of those struggles. But first, I just want to give a big thank you uh, to the many listeners who completed that survey on my website about the podcast. Uh, You've given me a lot of great feedback as we're moving forward with a lot of enhancements and now in this collaboration with Ascension Press in producing this. We're so grateful to get that feedback from you. And and uh, one of the items that you all uh, gave me uh, some some thoughts on were, were topics that you were interested in, and this is one of them. So one of the big topics that many people said they want to hear about are, are topics related to prayer, struggles in prayer, struggles in the spiritual life, and that's what we're going to go after in today's episode. But I want to tell you a story, a story about struggle in prayer related to Mother Teresa and a good friend of mine, a Dominican priest. Uh, I want to tell you a story here. This is uh, uh, this happened a number of years ago. Uh, I think it was in the 1990s or so when uh, this Dominican priest I know was with Mother Teresa and he was friends with her. He did a number of retreats for her, retreats for her missionary sister, missionary of charity sisters. And they were walking out of the chapel together. And in this time of prayer, Father had it felt like you know he, he maybe didn't give his best in the time in prayer, and he was feeling a little blue about his prayer time, a little discouraged. And as they were walking out together, all of a sudden, Mother Teresa turns to this priest and says, Father, never walk away from the chapel feeling discouraged. And Father was a little surprised because he hadn't said anything about what he was feeling. And, you know, how did Mother Teresa know? You know, Mother was reading his soul, it seems, you know. So uh, she, but she gives this, these great words of encouragement. She says, never walk away from the chapel feeling discouraged. Never walk away feeling you've accomplished nothing. Give God that nothing. Give God that nothing. I love that line here, that even when our prayer doesn't go well, we fall asleep, we get distracted, we're restless, we don't feel close to God, we feel like we've accomplished nothing in prayer. We can still at least give God that nothing. Now, now what does Mother Teresa mean by that? I think what she means is that just the mere fact that we showed up, 
The mere fact that we were faithful to prayer, that we were present, that we took the time out, that we had a good intention to pray, that alone is an amazing gift that we can give to God. We can give God that, even if it turns out to be a bunch of nothing. You know, the great uh, uh, Dominican theologian, St. Thomas Aquinas, once said this, that the intention to pray is the foundation of all prayer. The intention to pray is even more important than attention in prayer, keeping attention in prayer. You know, so if I if I come to prayer with a really good intention, I really set this side, this this time aside for the Lord. My heart is desiring to give God this time that even if I get distracted later on in the prayer time, I, I lose attention, the intention itself is a great gift we can give to the Lord. Now I want to be clear. Uh, you know, trying to remain focused in prayer is a very, very good thing. Uh, we want to maintain attention, right? You know, so don't don't use this as an excuse to bring your cell phone to your holy hour and and start pulling out your phone every time a message comes in. You know, no, put your phone on airplane mode. Give your time to the Lord. <laughs> you know, uh, don't pull out your phone in the middle of you know in between Hail Marys and your rosary or during Mass. You know, so that that wouldn't be a good intention. That means you're intentionally trying to distract yourself in prayer. No. If you're going to give your time to the Lord, you know, really set it apart, focus on him, give your best. But if you do that and you start to lose attention, it's okay. You know, that that's why the, the most important part of prayer is the intention. Um, I've told this story. Some of you may have heard this in a, a talk I, I often give on the rosary. I tell the story about my children and how they, you know, when they reach a certain age, usually around three years old, they start drawing pictures and they love to draw pictures for their daddy. So I'll come home from work and my little three-year-old will come to her, daddy, daddy, here's a picture. And they, it, they're drawing with crayons or with a pencil and it's just a bunch of scribbles. I can't make out what it is. I have no idea. It doesn't look like a house. It doesn't look like a bird. It doesn't look like a family. I don't know what this is, but they'll tell me, oh, that's a church dad. Or, oh, there's baby Jesus in Bethlehem. Or there's you, dad. It's just a bunch of scribbles. I can't make it out, you know? Uh, as a father, I'm not upset that there's a, a, that the work of art does not look as good as what Leonardo da Vinci could have drawn. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not aiming for perfection here. You know, what, what I'm looking for is my for my three year old daughter. I see her heart. I see her heart. That she, her heart is desiring to give her daddy a present. <laughs> I don't care about the final product and what it looks like. Uh, what what moves me so much and what I rejoice in is that my daughter's thinking of me during the day and she's drawing a picture and she wants to give me a gift. What a wonderful thing that is. And I, I think our Heavenly Father looks at us the same way. That we when we pray, if we our prayer life looks like a bunch of scribbles, we're distracted. We're, we're, our heart doesn't seem to be in it. We're, we're, we don't know what we're doing in prayer. Even if we end up with a bunch of scribbles, uh, God sees our heart. He sees our intention. So practically, what do we do about this? One, one practical thing I want to draw is it's so important to the, the first like, couple minutes of prayer, the first couple seconds of prayer. Don't just rush into your prayer life. Give God a good intention. It goes a long way. Don't just rush in. Even Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. Or even Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Okay, um, I'm going to read this passage from the Bible and think about it. No, say God's name with reverence. Talk to Him with great love, and and really focus and say, God, I want to give you this time. So begin really carefully. Begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. So when we make the sign of the cross, we're invoking God's name, which is to invoke his presence. God, I'm inviting your presence in now. I believe you're here. I believe you see me. I believe you hear me. 
you, saying something like this at the beginning of prayer could be really helpful. Say, Lord, I want, I want to give you this time in prayer. I know I might end up distracted. I know I might end up you know, restless. I know I might end up not really focused, but, but I want to try. Give me your grace. Help me to give my best to you in this time of prayer. If we could just set up the first 30 to 90 seconds of prayer really, really well, I think it's going to bear fruit for your prayer life. And even if you get distracted later on, the fact that you really sincerely tried your best and you gave God your best at the beginning, uh, God will rejoice in that. So um, let's talk, though, about struggles a little more here. Why, why do we struggle? Why is this happening? And why, why is it that many times I don't feel close to God in prayer? I don't feel his presence in prayer. Here I want to draw from another great saint, St. Catherine of Siena. St. Catherine of Siena uh, wrote a lot about prayer, and she had many mystical experiences talking with God, and, and God talked with her about prayer. And I'm going to be sharing from a variety of her writings here, but I'm going to give uh, four reasons why we may struggle in prayer, four reasons why we may not, may not feel close to God in prayer. And the first one is very basic, and it's worth just mentioning. It's important that we at least call this one out, that God once said to Catherine that the, the reason you may not feel close, someone may not feel close in, to God in prayer is because they're living in sin. And we just have to name that here. In other words, you could be living in mortal sin. You could be, I'm getting drunk on the weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm sleeping with my girlfriend. I'm, I'm looking at pornography and I'm just going to keep looking at it. I'm not going to try to change. I don't feel bad about it. I'm just going to keep doing this. Or uh, I'm going to keep watching this show that I, I know I should not be watching. You know, so when I'm willfully sinning and I'm not, I'm not trying to change, I'm not repentant, I'm just trying to rationalize my, uh, my sin and say, well, everyone else does it, God doesn't mind, this isn't really a big deal. That's a problem. That, I want to be clear, I'm not talking about someone that makes a mistake and then repents of it. You know, someone may struggle with a certain addiction and they really are struggling. They, they want to change, they want to be better, but, but they keep falling. You know, if they fall and they, then they turn to God, they fall on their knees afterwards and they say, God, I'm so sorry. And they go to confession, Lord, I'm sorry. God rejoices in that. God looks upon his beloved son or daughter with great love and is so grateful, his arms open wide, embracing this child that he knows is struggling. I'm not talking about that situation. I don't think that's what Catherine was going after. Catherine is talking about those who willfully are living in sin and aren't repenting of it. They're not taking it to confession. They're just saying, oh, God doesn't mind what I do on the weekend. God doesn't mind if I get drunk. God doesn't mind if I do, you know, when, when we do things like that, that's when I'm, I'm willfully living in sin and we may sense God's presence withdrawn uh, because of our sin. So that's just one thing. We just got to name that. I don't think that's the case for most of us. I think most of us are, sin, are not living in mortal sin. We're really trying to follow Jesus, but we still struggle. We still get distracted. We feel, we don't feel close to God in prayer. Why is that happening? Well, a second thing we have to be aware of is that it might be the devil just trying to rattle us, the devil using discouragement to, to get us to think we stink at prayer. I mean, think about this. You know, when we walk away from prayer and we just feel like, oh, I'm not good at this prayer. I stink at prayer. I'm, I'm horrible at prayer. I'm sure everyone else prays better than I do. Do you think that comes from God? 
those voices are not coming from God. That's the devil. We walk away saying, I, I, I don't even know why I bother praying anymore. I don't get anything out of it. I don't feel close to God. I don't think it's worth it anymore. I wonder if I should just stop praying. Do you think that comes from God? <laughs> That's not the voice of God. That's the voice of the enemy. In fact, St. Ignatius of Loyola once said that discouragement is never from God. Uh, because it clouds our faith, it clouds our hope. And if we don't have faith and hope, we, we can't fully love God and love our neighbor well. You know, So discouragement is not from God. Uh, th- this is the devil trying to break our time in prayer. He's trying to break us from prayer. And that's what, that's what Catherine writes about here, is that the devil knows how important daily prayer is for the Christian. He knows how a, a soul that commits and is faithful every day to prayer is going to grow in holiness, is going to become a great saint one day. And, he, and he'll do everything he can to get you to not pray, to get you to think you're too busy. You, you're, you don't have time for this, to get you to think you're not good at this. He'll even use that discouragement. You stink at this. And so know that one of the reasons why you might not feel close to God in prayer maybe be not have anything to do with you. You're you're just doing great. It's that the devil's trying to rattle you. The devil's trying to discourage you. The devil's trying to tempt you to rem, to break your faithfulness to prayer. Now let's talk about a third thing. There may be something else going on in why we're not feeling close to God in prayer. Uh, it could be because God is simply trying to humble us that God is trying to humble us. You know, there's a funny story here in a dialogue between God and St. Catherine of Siena. God once said, Catherine, sometimes I pretend not to hear your prayer. I pretend not to hear your prayer. I love that line. It's so funny. What do you mean, God? What do you mean by that? Uh, you know, God, you know, you're, you're supposed to be a good conversational partner in prayer and you're just pretending not to hear me. You're ignoring me. What's that all about? Well, God explains this to her. He says that, that he does this, you know, he may withdraw the sense of, of a feeling, a feeling that he's close to us, but that doesn't mean he's withdrawn his presence. In other words, there's a big distinction between a feeling of God being close to us and his presence really being there. His, in reality, he's really close to us. And sometimes we may not, we may not feel his closeness, but he's really there. He may, he may even be closer to us than those some moments where we went on a retreat or we went to some conference. We felt so close to God, and that was great, and that, and that those are great encouraging moments in our spiritual life. But the real sign of God's closeness isn't feelings. Uh, a lot of it just is about are we faithful? Do we show up? Are we present even though we don't feel his presence? But God said to Catherine that he pretends sometimes not to hear the prayer because he wants us to experience our weakness, our littleness. He wants us to really experience just how small we are. He wants us to experience our poverty, how we don't really know what we're doing. We think we're great Christians. We go to Catholic things. We're involved in our parish. We're involved in small group. We listen to Catholic radio. We do all these great Catholic things, and yet I don't even know how to pray. Like, like when I'm humbled like that, I go, I, I really don't know what I'm doing in prayer, the most basic thing of a Christian life. That really humbles us, and that's good. That's a good for our soul. And we, be, we can begin to cry out to God for help. God, help me. I don't know how to pray as I ought, as St. Paul once said. You know, if you've ever felt that, by the way, if you've ever felt like you don't know how to pray as you ought, know that you're in the company of the saints. St. Paul felt that. <laughs> that's what he wrote about one of his letters. I, Lord, I know we don't know how to pray as we ought to. Uh, and then we can cry out to God, God, help me to pray as I ought. Help me in this time of prayer. Help me to depend on you more in prayer. That's a good thing. 
more important than feeling close to God in prayer. God may want to do some work in our soul. He wants us to grow in humility. He wants us to grow in trust more. And so when I show up and I'm, I, I feel my inadequacy, I don't know how to do this prayer thing, then I can depend on him more. And that's good for my soul. That's a really great good taking place in, in my character formation, in my spiritual formation as a son or daughter of God. So God sometimes pretends not to hear our prayer because he's trying to humble us so that we can depend on him more. But I want to turn to a fourth reason now. Here's a fourth reason. Why is it that we sometimes struggle in prayer and don't feel close to God in prayer? And I think this is the most profound one of them all. It's because God wants to draw out draw out our desire for him. He wants to draw out the deepest desires on our hearts, which are for him and for him alone. And so sometimes when we, we show up at prayer, and, and, and we don't sense God's closeness. We, we, we long for him more. You know, I remember when, when in my young adult years, I, I, I was growing in my faith life and there was a priest I was talking to and I was, you know, for the first couple of years, I would go on any retreat I could. I went to every Catholic little thing that happened at the parish and I was praying and reading lots of books in prayer and I just loved prayer. I mean, I just couldn't wait to go to prayer. It was so, uh, such a, a, a blessing in my life and I, I experienced it that way. But then after about a year and a half, two years of this intense, fun prayer life, you know, uh, all of a sudden prayer got hard, it got boring, it got challenging, it got really dry. And I went to this priest after months and months of just going, I just don't, I don't even want to pray anymore. What's going on here? And the priest said, this wise, he was older priest, and he just said, ah, oh, and he just smiled. He goes, Ted, God is taking away all the candy canes and lollipops of your spiritual life. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, oh, you know, like when you, we want a little kid to come close to you, you, you go, hey, here's a candy cane. Here's a little lollipop. Here's some candy. You know, because every kid just lights up like, oh, I want to come. And so many times that's what God uses at the beginning of our spiritual life when we're first growing in our faith is he'll use that, the lollipops, the candy canes, the sugar, the sweetness uh, to draw us closer to him so that we want to come and we want to keep coming back and coming back and coming back and coming back. But then eventually God wants to test us. He wants to test us and ask, are you coming just for the sugar? Are you coming just for the sweetness? Are you coming just for the feelings you get from me? Or are you coming for me and for me alone? It's kind of like in marriage. You know, God uses the romantic feelings uh, of, a, of a man and a woman to draw them together, you know, and, that, and that's beautiful, drawing them together in a dating relationship, in a marriage, and, you know, and, the, and, and it's wonderful. But those feelings eventually fade. And, and then the question is, are you committed to your beloved for what they do for you, for the feelings you get out of them? Or are you committed to them and for their own sake? In other words, when you start to lose those feelings in, in a romantic relationship, then is it like that old song, you've lost that love and feeling? Well, then, whoa, 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 the relationship's over. And then you got to move on to something else that's going to give you feelings again. Is that how you're going to treat your spouse? <laughs> no, you're committed to the person, not the feelings that the person gives you. But the question is this applied to God? Are you going to be committed to God for who he is? Or are you only committed to God in prayer for what you get out of him, those feelings. 
So sometimes God will withdraw the feelings to test our hearts, to see, are you desiring him and him alone? And he's going to draw out those desires so we call out for him. When we feel his absence, we long for him all the more. It's kind of like, again, two lovers when they're together and, and then they have to be separated. Maybe they, you know, the, the man has, to, has a job transfer or I've done a lot of work with a, a lot of military wives around, around the world and they have these wonderful groups on military bases, these women's groups, and, and God bless them when their husbands are deployed and they don't see their husband for many months and sometimes a year. It's just it's really hard. But you, you realize how much you treasure that person when they're away. I've experienced this recently in my own life. I shared with you a few weeks ago that the Sri family launched our first child into college. I have a daughter away at college, nine hours away from home and, uh, and thrilled for her. It's a wonderful thing for her, a wonderful place she's at. And yet, I miss her a lot <laughs> and I knew I'd miss her, but now that she's actually gone and she's not at home, uh, that her absence makes me long to talk to her more and I can't wait for parents weekend. I can't wait for her to come home for fall break and it makes me appreciate her even more. And I think the same is true in our relationship with God when he withdraws that sense of his presence, his closeness. He's not doing that necessarily to punish us or he's just to make things difficult. He's, he's drawing out the deepest desires on our heart, which are for him and for him alone. He's testing our hearts. He's testing us saying, are you going to come just for those feelings or are you going to come for me? So remember that, being, maybe in closing here, big practical point to take away. Whatever struggles you're facing in prayer, remain faithful. Keep praying each day. If you wake up in the morning, you have a little time that you set aside for prayer in your own home, keep that time. If every day you have a time where you stop by a chapel, maybe a, a Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, keep that time. No matter how distracted you may be, no matter how discouraged you are, no matter how you don't get feelings in prayer, remain faithful. Because here's the key, my friends, faithfulness is more important than feelings. Faithfulness is more important than feelings. Faithfulness in a marriage is more important than the feelings you get in a marriage. And the same is true in our prayer life with God. And if we are just faithful, we just show up week in and week out, day in and day out, then what we'll experience is over time, those deeper desires start to come out. We grow in humility and the, the rattling of the devil will eventually begin to fade. And then God can begin to do the deeper work in our soul and in our prayer life that he wants to do. Now, that deeper work, I'd love to talk about more in a different podcast, but I want to thank you for recommending this topic to me as one just for starters. And we'll, we'll continue talking about prayer as we move forward in this podcast. I want you to know if you want to reach out to me, you can find me always on my website, edwardsri.com. That's edwardsri.com. And you can learn about my pilgrimages, my books and, and, and many other free resources, videos and talks that are there. Uh, you can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget, my friends, if you want those show notes, Ascension Press is putting together show notes for each episode. You can get those for free at ascensionpress.com slash allthingscatholic. Again, ascensionpress.com slash all things Catholic, you can subscribe to those free show notes for every episode here and get extra resources related to the topic at hand. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.